Welcome to the Real Estate Syndication Show. Whether you are a seasoned investor or building a new real estate business, this is the show for you. Whitney Sewell talks to top experts in the business. Our goal is to help you master real estate syndication. And now your host, Whitney Sewell. This is your daily real estate syndication show. I'm your host, Whitney Sewell. Today, our guest is Jacob Garza. Thanks for being on the show, Jacob. Whitney, thanks for having me this morning. Now, I'm honored to have you on the show. Jacob is a co-founder of Reap Equity. He focuses on developing and overseeing Reap's growth strategy and takes a hands-on approach to manage the firm's capital expenditures uh, projects. Uh, his goal is to execute their value-add business plans and ultimately realize their investments to generate attractive risk-adjusted returns for their investors. He's an avid runner, downhill skier and open water diver. He's an instrument rated pilot and regularly flies his Cirrus SR-22. Wow. Lots of skills there, Jacob. Thanks for sharing that with us. And and uh, But give the listeners a little more about who you are, where you're located, and let's get in to something that your company is specializing in that we all need to think about specializing in or need to know whether it's right for us or not. But tell us a little more about you. Yes, Whitney. So we're located in San Antonio. We are sponsors. We do this full time. We started out very small with 24 units, and today we have almost 1,800 units. We have seven properties. We've gone full cycle on four of them, and it's a business my wife and I started about five years ago, and we're also passive investors, so we own properties passively in uh, other markets, uh, approximately six passive investments, so that's what we do. Nice. So your company, obviously you all have grown a lot in five years. You're, you're doing really well. But one thing you and I had discussed is that, that you all self-manage each of those properties. Is that correct? So, you know, I've heard different takes on like why we would self-manage, why we should not. Some people say, no, you know, I'm going to hire that out to a professional team that does this all the time. And then other people say, no, you know, I can do this better myself. I can manage it better. I can oversee it better. I can adjust the expenses or monitor the expenses and ink all those things. But I'd love to dive into when you all started to do this and, and why. Certainly. So let me first say that we have third party managed before. And most of our passive investments that we're in are third party and they're very successful. So you can certainly do it both ways. I think what has driven us to self-manage our properties is we can control the expenses better. I think the level of execution probably is a little bit better on delinquency, turnover rate. We can control the experience, if you would, on the properties a little tighter. But there's a lot of companies out there that are doing that extremely well. But I think when it comes to it, we probably run a little leaner. We don't have a lot of executives and owners in our management company. We make most of our income, just to be candid, off of the um, carried interest in there. And we also invest our, our personal money in all of our deals. So I think that's probably the advantage that we're able to get. And then return, I think our investors are able to, to fare a little, a little bit better. So that's kind of the advantages that we have with third party. So, you know, you start, you know, the five years ago, you know, you all started buying multifamily or investing, you know, when at that time did you all say, okay, you know, we're going to, we need to start bringing this in-house or building that team out, you know, or was it from the beginning? So we started out with a 24 unit property and I was able, fortunately, to sell a business that I had in 2007. So in 2012, we moved from Dallas to San Antonio and we purchased a 24 units. We were able to do this full time. And from that purchase to 
forward, fast forward six months. During that six months, we were able to join the apartment association and my wife and I able to get our certified apartment manager certificates and the CAPS, which is Certified Apartment Portfolio Supervisor designations. From there, I went on to get my CPL license and my Type 1 HVAC. So we were actually managing as employees this little bitty 24 unit. So they did a couple of things. It affirmed that we really wanted to stay in this business because we actually liked it. We liked the business. And second thing, it affirmed that what we really needed to do in order to have a proper management business. So we bought a 28 unit and 143 unit. But at that time, Whitney, that was about 300 units. And I think we bought another one. So we really weren't large enough to bring on and commit to a management company. So we went third party from about 300 units to about 1,000 units. And again, that worked well for us. But at the 1,000 unit mark, that's when we decided we had enough. We could bring on a regional manager, open up an office, hire some accounting people, get some computers in, start managing at the 1,000 unit level. And that's that's what we've been doing since then. Nice. Okay. So, you know, did you have the same management company or third party or managing all 1,000 units at that time? We went through two. Two? Okay. We, yeah. We had, a, we had a firm outside and then we've got somebody like here local. Okay. And so what was it at that time though? I know at 1,000, you said, okay, now we could afford to do this. We have enough units and, we, you know, we could start bringing this in-house. I, and I guess, you know, you've probably heard this argument as well, you know, well, I can focus more time on finding another deal or investor communications, all those things, you know, as opposed to all the time it's going to take me to build this team to manage, you know, to self-manage. And I've heard both sides of the coin, of course, but uh, but I just love, you know, just your, you know, how you argue against that and, and how this worked for you all. Well, I'll use the word discipline. We treat our property management company like a third party as much as we can. It's tempting to go downstairs where they are on the, on the first floor and we're on the fourth floor or walk on property with them and, and give some directives to their man- to the managers. And we just don't do that. So it's a slippery slope and you can get cross-eyed if you would on, on both businesses. But I think having that experience doing the asset management role for the third party really help us understood that you can't just walk on property and just start stirring the pot. I mean, or pick a battle that's really insignificant or bust them up on a $70 charge on the GL. So having that awareness, I'll tell anybody out there to start your third party. And if you can kind of draw those lines and stay in your lane, I think the third party is probably something that might work for you. And that's, that's how we do it. It sounds like the, like you spent a lot of time educating yourself about management before you took this on, correct? I mean, not everyone is into the day-to-day operations as, uh, you know, like the actual management team and to understand the things you just mentioned to that detail, which like I said, we should, but not everybody is. But it sounds like, you know, you received a lot of training before you took this on. What kind of difference have you seen in your business, you know, from just being able to manage it better? You know, what do those numbers look like? Or can you give us some, some examples of how this has improved your business since taking this on? Sure. We probably run about 15% leaner expense per unit. And it certainly has helped us. But I think an overall strategy is the same. And I think for the viewers out there, for your viewers, we're first and foremost an investment firm, right? That's what we do. We, we take people's money and including our money and we make it grow and, and we're stewards of that. So with that, I think comes the asset management role. And if you can become a good asset manager and communicate your 10 KPIs and put the overall vision of the property 
and drive that through the regional director and drive that through the employees on each property, you're going to do just fine. I, I think you'll pay a little more for it maybe with a third party. But again, those elements, all these syndicators that are out there, you, you can be just fine and do, and do really well. You mentioned uh, 10 KPIs. What, what is that? Oh, key performance indicators. Key performance indicators. Awesome. You know, could you elaborate on a few of those that, that we need to know or we should be thinking about? Sure. So one of them is, of course, these are reporting points or their data. And every syndicator has their set. And it's more than just NOI and it's more than just total income. And I'll take, for example, delinquency. My belief is there are some things that control delinquency well before the fifth or the 10th of the month. There are things that happen on the leasing end, on the property walk that help that delinquency number. Well, we have a set of KPIs that make sure our properties are doing these things. So on the fifth, you know, we're collected. On the 10th, we're collected. It's not, oh my gosh, it's 28th the month and you guys are 10% delinquency. It's the wrong time to look at that number. So we look at data points along the way just to make sure that Come the 10th, we're in a really good shape. And we're in the workforce housing, and we may not get everything on the, on the third or the, or the second. So we watch those very carefully. And there are really no surprises when those dates come around and we find out that we're at 95% productivity on these KPIs. Do you see yourself having your own management team and company you know, for the foreseeable future So for as long as you can see now? Probably. I think the challenge for us also becomes when we start purchasing outside of San Antonio, it's not worth it for us to put a regional in an office or even just a regional if we have, we've just bought a 200 unit apartment and we are looking in Houston and Orlando and Phoenix and some of the areas that are out there. So I think third party management is a very viable option for our investors. And that's why I do play both sides because I, I think they're both viable. And until we have enough scale somewhere, for example, a Houston third party is the way to go. Nice. So that was going to be my next question as far as the locations of your assets. Are they all in you know one location? Sounds like they are. Currently, they are in San Antonio. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so how many employees do you have on that team to manage these units? 1,800. Sure. Uh, 60. There are about 60. Yeah. And we have five in our corporate office and five in our equity group. Okay. And then obviously people on the ground, uh, that's going to be from, uh, I mean, people that are turning units, people that are managers, people that are cleaning units, mm-hmm. thing, all those. Yes, that's right. That's what makes up the 60. And then we have an HR, we have some accounting people, a corporate controller, a construction supervisor. So those tend to, you know, when you get that scale, you, you tend to need to, to bring on those people for a management company. So that's what we've done. Nice. Nice. So, you know, what's been the hardest part for you growing that or or starting the management side of this business? It would be your most uh, valuable asset. Obviously, your employees, your most, your hardest assets, your employees. So I think getting that culture, that rhythm, we've been self-managing now for, I guess, a little over two years. So just getting that just takes some time. That's in any group, but it's gone relatively good for us. But that's been, and that's always the hardest challenge is getting the right mindset, getting the right people on the bus. So Yes. And what's been the investor's response overall to you all self-managing? Yes, they are very bullish about that. They really like the fact that we self-manage. Our, they, they comment on our reporting. In fact, when we mentioned we were looking third party to go outside, they're like, wait a minute, why don't you have REIT go manage these properties? And it just seems to work really well. So I think they do like it. And I know um, our lenders like it. It seems to do well. 
Wow. So you mentioned your lenders like it as well. That's interesting. What about like the first next loan or first lender you were talking to after you all started to self-manage? Were there any kind of issues or delays or wait a minute, you know, you all don't have enough experience yet self-managing or we're going to need to give this some time or anything like that? No, we we didn't have any issues moving forward. Maybe that was because I felt comfortable with my previous business background, but they didn't have any issues with it. In fact, one of our loans that we did was a bridge loan. And those loans are all about the sponsors. I mean, that's, it's a little more risk, shorter fuse. And when they traveled here, we, I mean, we met in our management office and they met the teams and they really felt comfortable. There was a firmly, if you would, vertically integrated company that handled everything from the due diligence to the day one takeover to the construction end of it. So I think that's why they like that. How long did it take to get all the units under management? I, mean, I would imagine you didn't do all thousand units you know, on day one, but what, what did that process look like? I think it was a four-month process. We were so lucky, Whitney, because the management company used the same software that we did and they allowed us. The, the third party that you were using. Third party, yes. And they allowed us to basically transfer all the data, wipe out all the financial data and just start with beginning balances. And that was for us was like, there's not much data transfer. So I think that was just the relationship we had with them. And when we had them, they were at 11,000 units. Now I think they're at 20. And I, I still recommend them today. But that was a, a real sign of just transitions. So, you know, I want to pivot here just a little bit before we run out of time. I know uh, before the show, we were talking about this previous deal, or maybe we could even have you back to talk about this deal a little more. But you had mentioned some impressive capital raise here, and I, I just wanted you to elaborate a little bit and wanted you to tell the listeners a little bit about this raise and how fast that happened and what you all raised and maybe tell us why you were that successful at this capital raise. Uh, I know it seems like a very different topic from what we're talking about, but I just thought it was important. It's pretty impressive. Yeah, thank you. Yes. Yeah, so our last property we purchased was a two-property portfolio. And once we settled on the purchase price, we determined our equity raise was $11 million. And the previous to that was we raised was $8 million. So we were able to raise the $11 million in two weeks. And we knew it was going to be a heavy lift from the get-go, but we, we really didn't realize we were able to get the commitments and the money in probably three weeks, the money in four weeks total. You know, obviously we don't have time to dive in, in every detail of that. And I'd love to maybe on another show, but give us, you know, maybe one key thing that, that allowed you to be able to raise that kind of capital in two weeks. Sure. Absolutely. Number one, contact your investors often and be visible with them. Get back with them when you're supposed to. When you go to these meetups, be friendly as you can and talk to them. And if you say you're going to get back with them, get back with them. So, and we've been doing this for three years now. We've been four years, I guess. So we've been at it for a long time and we've always just been as open book as we can and completely accessible to all of our investors. And I think that's helped a lot in us being able to come back to them and then raising additional more equity for people who just met us and have a relationship with. So, uh, What's the number one thing that's contributed to your success, Jacob? Oh, geez. I think the man upstairs just puts people in our lives for reasons and they're good people and we're able to help them and it's just been able to come back to us. And I think that's the real reason. Wow. I appreciate you sharing that and tell the listeners how you like to give back. From an employee standpoint, we're very generous to our employees who come to work for us. They work very hard workers. It's hot here. It's not easy keeping a property. So that's one thing. And then we're just various donors, large and small to various organizations. Our kids were here in San Antonio in a private school and uh, we helped them out. And then we just help us various activities that are out there. 
our time is spent really with our family. So we're not spending a lot of time, but we do, we are able to write the checks and that's been very rewarding and gratifying for us because we see people out there doing really good things with that. Awesome. Uh, Jacob, you've been a, a great guest. I know I know a lot of listeners, are, especially if they're experienced syndicators, are debating about whether they should self-manage or not. And and I know that they've learned a lot from you and so have I. But tell them how they can get in touch with you and learn more about your business. Sure. Phone number, if you'd like to call me, it's 214-850-6723. Or you can email me at jacobgarza.com. Thank you for listening to the Real Estate Syndication Show, brought to you by LifeBridge Capital. LifeBridge Capital works with investors nationwide to invest in real estate, while also donating 50% of its profits to assist parents who are committing to adoption. LifeBridge Capital, making a difference, one investor and one child at a time. Connect online at www.lifebridgecapital.com for free material and videos to further your success.